Oh God, our Savior, as we hear your word read and proclaimed, send your Holy Spirit to be our teacher of faith and truth and show us how we are called to live through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So today we will read the first 14 verses of the first chapter of Colossians. It begins a four-week series of sermons based on this letter that's attributed to Paul. It's a letter written to people at Colossae, to a church that Paul did not start. In fact, there's nothing on record showing that he even ever visited Colossae. But it was a church that he knew about and he was concerned for. You can tell from what he says early on that he knew this church by reputation and that they knew him by reputation as an apostle. Colossae was a small city in Asia Minor located at the, uh, in the upper Lycus River Valley. It's about 110 miles from uh, east of Ephesus, about 10 miles east of Laodicea. 12 miles southeast of Heropolis. That's why I brought the map, you see. Well, they had a big earthquake, about 60 or 61 AD, and then that city passed into oblivion. It was kind of wiped out. In fact, the, the stones that were left there got quarried, and so they didn't really know where it was until it was rediscovered in 1870, which is not that long ago. Excuse me, 1835. Well, the 14 verses we'll read include a greeting, a thanksgiving, and a prayer. As Paul's letters usually do, it starts with a kind of salutation like I start each service with, grace and peace. That's followed by a thanksgiving for the reader's faith and love, emphasizing that the gospel they heard from Paul's fellow servant, Epaphras, has been growing in them and bearing fruit. And the authors pray that what I pray for Berea, that you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will, grow, and grow in the knowledge of God, and be strengthened by God. So listen now for God's word for us in the first 14 verses of the first chapter of Colossians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ at Colossae, Grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, 
as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power and may you, may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you ever sit down with your Bible and go to reading a chapter when all of a sudden, bam, some sentence, some phrase just jumps out at you? You might even respond out loud and say, say what? Well, that's what I said as I read through these first 14 verses of Colossians and saw that phrase, truly comprehended the grace of God. Have you truly comprehended the grace of God? Has anyone? For that matter, what's grace? Well, one short answer is that grace is the unmerited favor of God, closely associated with mercy and forgiveness. In the New Testament, that noun grace is used 115 times, but in the Hebrew Bible that we call the Old Testament, it's only used three times. Nonetheless, the Old Testament is full of stories in which God is gracious. In fact, God is characterized by grace. In Exodus 34, we read that God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. The writer of the fourth Psalm says, with confidence in God's grace, answer me when I call, O God, of my right. You gave me room when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. And when praying for healing, the psalmist count on God's grace. For example, the Psalm 6, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are shaking with terror. And then the 41st Psalm, as for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. And Psalm 9, as for God's grace, when the psalmist is oppressed, be gracious to me, O Lord. See what I suffer from those who hate me. You are the one who lifts me up from the gates of death. Well, in both the Old and the New Testament, grace, grace is more often portrayed than explicitly named. In the New Testament, God's grace is through Jesus Christ. Or just for example, Luke describes Jesus uh, saying, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came out of his mouth. In Romans, Paul wrote, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And in the second chapter of Ephesians, we read, for by grace, by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it's a gift of God, not the result of work, so that no one can boast. 
Now, do you really and truly comprehend the grace of God? Can you grasp, can you, can you wrap your mind around this concept that God offers us a free gift that we didn't earn, we can't earn? Can you really comprehend that? Well, of course not. But that's okay. Because we are not called, we're not commanded to comprehend the ways of Almighty God. We are called to accept salvation by the grace of God. We're called to love God and love God's children, all of them, even when they're not being lovable. We are called to care for each other and for this planet that God has given us to live on. Paul concludes our reading from Colossians with prayer for his readers. That would be those at Colossae and then now us. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Put that on your to-do list tomorrow. I'm trying to live a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. As you bear fruit in every good work, as you grow in the knowledge of God, may you be strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience. Those of you who ride I-40 or any other traffic jam on a regular basis, bearing everything with patience, that's a challenge, but that's what we're challenged to do. While joyfully giving thanks to the Father who's enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints of the light, God has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In other words, we're saved by grace. Amazing, abundant, all-sufficient, comprehensive, well, beyond our comprehension, grace, God's grace. And for that, thanks be to God. Go forth to share the light of God's compassion with the whole world so that everyone can truly comprehend the grace of God and the inheritance of the saints. Now may the grace of Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.